You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 8 o'clock hour, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's downtown basement systems studio. Ross Tucker from a laundry list of stuff will join us. Tee up super wild card weekend. So super. And I think we'll wrap up the show with the correlation between owning a sports car and a specific thing. Mm. We'll do all of that. But right now, the franchise, mm. a Sportsnet columnist, does a ton of stuff. He's the host of the Eric Francis Show right here on Sportsnet 960. For the first time in 2023, well, for me anyway, we say good morning to the franchise. Eric Francis on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline. Eric, how are you, pal? Happy New Year? Like, I say that hesitantly. Isn't there a moratorium on that? Yeah. Like, like the 10th or something? I shared this uh, yesterday. Um, Paul Jones, uh, Raptors color analyst, does a great job. He always told me that the first time you hear or see a person in the New Year is when you say Happy New Year to them. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Even if it's February, you say Happy New Year. mm, Yeah, but there's got to be a cutoff. It feels like it, right? But but that said, I used to be so staunchly against a single Christmas light being put up on a house or turned on before yeah. December first. And now, as I get older, I'm like, no, no, let's put them up in November. It's great. Not not only because it's easier to put them up, but it's festive. It's, it makes me makes me smile. Right. I'm okay with it. So so the rules change and they bend. So happy New Year, my friend. Thank you. Happy New Year too. Uh, is there anything else you're staunchly <laughs> against now? Now you've opened this can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I've got a list. I wish you would have told me. I would have. I would have. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Throwing under the way. Is oh there something God. that really like you know I can't do it? Like I can't absolutely do that. Like I just I'm totally against that. Holy you know. God, you know what I'm gonna do. Here. We're gonna we're gonna revisit that at the end of the interview. Okay. As, as I let it marinate in your brain. Mm-hmm. I was also talking about famous people, like because um you're 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 you're. You're famous in Calgary. I'm not. I'm not tooting your horn. You just are. You're Eric Francis. You're famous in Calgary. Franchise. I'm saying, yeah, the franchise. I'm saying, oh, Matty Rose is oh, famous. Man. He's like the child of Calgary. He's yeah, a famous guy. Well, I'm a nobody because the child of Calgary. Yeah, not the same <laughs> because Calgary's child. Yeah, he is. Matty yeah, Rose is Calgary's me. child. Alex Brody's Brody on the beat. He's super famous. I'm a nobody. We were talking about famous people because some people in our business pretend like they're famous when they're not really famous. Like the sense of self is sometimes not there in broadcasting. That's fair. That's fair. I've seen that a fair bit. Yeah, yeah see? Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. But I, I just I just want to cut you off there, though. When you walk into that casino at Cowboys, though, you're pretty famous. <laughs> yep. the, 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 the VIP, the way they roll out everything for you, they gave you the best seat in the house, free drinks all night. That's uh, Yeah, but that was because I was with you. That didn't take long. I was with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was tagging along yes. on your coattails. Okay. No. no I was. Matty Rose was there. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, of course. The child of Calgary. Yeah, duh. Calgary's child. We all know. It's a working title yeah. here. It's a working mm, title. I can barely walk down the street. It's um, unbelievable. Uh, asking the text line today, uh, Eric, I want to ask you this one too. Milan Lucic is going to be on the second line longer than blank. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that because he's he may not be on that line longer than morning skate okay well, there's your there answer you morning skate <laughs> like 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 i don't know the answer it's funny i threw that out on twitter and i rarely read comments on twitter but i solicited i wanted to see what people had to say for the rare time on twitter but 
everybody's pushing for Pelche to be in the lineup, and I'm no different. Everybody, of course, wants to see this kid and what he can do, and, and, and he deserves a shot. But but I, I keep asking everyone, okay, let's just be logical, but it, like, who does he replace? Mm-hmm. You can only play him in the top six, in my opinion. But I mean, even if you thought he could play in the third line, the third line might be their best line. So who do you replace? And and the over and I said, but keep in mind, Milan Lucic has a goal in two of the last three, and he's on a three-point scoring streak. I know that's not huge, and he's not measured by by stats. Like you know, what what Milan Lucic brings is far beyond goals and assists. But you know, I knew the answer would be Lucic in everyone's mind, and and I, I guess that is probably the answer eventually. But I don't know. He's been playing pretty well of late for for Milan Lucic. And so I submit to you, you know, I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys have talked about this a lot because everybody wants to talk about Pelche nonstop. You know, who do you replace? Who do you take out of the lineup to put in Pelche? Like I sat with him in the press box the other night and I said to him, I said, you know, if this team keeps winning, you're not getting in. You know that, right? And he says, yeah, I know, I know. I said, the best thing for you, and he, you know, I, I hate even talking about it, but if there's an injury, there's a, then he goes in. But otherwise... If those guys keep playing well and this team keeps winning, you know, then he he's not getting in that lineup anytime soon. Now they did lose, and there are uh, you know cracks in the lineup. So you guys tell me who does he replace? I I'm right there with you, Eric. Like the the one place that I look at is Malone Lucic, but you look at the recent play, and I think that one of the things that's important to remember here is this isn't a video game. You're managing personalities as well. And I, I don't think it sends the right message when a guy has been playing well and producing and you say, you're out for a guy that we haven't necessarily seen yet. That being said, I would love to see Jacob Peltier, but I strongly believe, and I've said it for a little while, that it's probably going to take an injury for him to get a real long-term look in a role where you know we want to see him, for lack of a better phrase. And that's, a, that's an excellent point, Maddie, because I like the term long-term real look, like Okay, so if they did say, okay, look, Milan, I know you've been playing pretty well of late. We just, we really want to see this kid. There's a lot of pressure. Not that they care about the pressure from the outside, but mm. we, we just really want to see this kid. We want to go with a different look. But 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 then the impetus would be, unless the kid scores in his first game or his second game, then the impetus would be to get him out of the lineup as soon as, you know, a couple games later. Mm-hmm. A, a real injury, yes. An injury would be something that would get him give him a long-term look. And I'm not wishing that on anybody. I won't go that far. Exactly. For sure. And nor should anybody. But, you know, I can buy the argument that if you just want to give him one or two games, then maybe Dubé. And I think Dubé's played really, really well, and he adds crucial speed to that line. Uh, but the production hasn't been there of late. And it wouldn't be a punishment. But maybe, you know, just I'm just saying maybe this coach could look at it and say, look, I want to, I want to sit Dubé down because when I've sat him down in the past, it, it does him well long term. Uh, you know, he really comes back with an even better effort. I don't know. But th- again, those are just stopgap opportunities for the kid to get in and play one or two games. It didn't work for Matthew Phillips. It's hard for a guy to get into a rhythm, mm-hmm. especially when he's never played in the NHL before. So uh, I don't even know why they called him up. Th- that's, that the, that's the bottom line to me. I don't think they should have called him up. Um, now, maybe, maybe they'll put him in today and that would have been the plan all along. But I've always sensed, and I think we all agree, this coach doesn't want, you know, Pelche or Matthew Phillips in the lineup anytime soon. He'd rather count on a veteran to fight through whatever he's fighting through at this time. Okay, I know what you guys are saying and who you replace, but at the same time, out of these top nine wingers, outside of that third line that you just talked about with Mangiapane and Coleman, 
Which winger has been undeniable this season? Who's the guy on the wing? You're like, oh, he, he, that guy's been so good and consistent the entire year. Maybe maybe Toffoli's been the most consistent yeah. guy all season. Yeah. But outside of him, I, Eric, I nobody's been the, oh, you, you can't move him off the lineup. You can't move him out of the top nine. He's been just too damn good this season. And that includes the guy who just gave a monster contract to in Jonathan Huberto. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I've been talking about this with a lot of people. I mean, you're not going to take Huberto out of the lineup. Yeah, he cost them the game the other night. It's that simple. And there was an overtime game, and there's been a million of them, but the one where he had a, two golden opportunities to shoot, and both times he chose not to shoot, gave the puck away, and they scored again. So he's cost them. Not only is he being not a difference maker, he's costing them games. And but 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 you don't just remove a guy like that um, to, to just teach him a lesson or to. I mean that's humiliating. So Huberdo would be as untouchable as any winger in the lineup and I and I know people say well what do you mean he hasn't been very good well there are more like Matt said it's not a video game there's there are there's a lot more at play than just moving a piece in and out there's you know Jonathan Huberto is here for the next eight years um this kid's got to work through it so I, I I like what you're saying there is really no untouchable I would say Toffoli would probably top that list but just barely uh and he's been really good this year like I, he I, he to me has exceeded expectations uh you know by being as consistent as he has been so i i don't i i it is an interesting boy would i love to be a fly on the wall as the coaches discuss uh potentially putting pelche in and who might come out i and i'm not even sure that's a discussion that's had between the coaches i think sutter's the one who makes that decision and uh he probably takes a little input from the guys but i'm not sure how significant uh, their input is yeah, I'd probably have to agree with you there. I wanted to ask you about the situation between the pipes. Perhaps we see Dan Fladar this evening. Uh, Jacob Markstrom has started five straight games, gave up a tough one to start the third period, and kind of snowballed from there in that first game against St. Louis. Uh, what did you make of his game, and, and how would you go about the rest of maybe this trip, three more games before they return home? Yeah, I'd start Vladar tonight, but I would have started him the other night. And I'm not one of these guys who says it's time to – bench Markstrom again and give Vladar the ball. And I'm certainly not the one who says Vladar should be the starter from here on out. Uh, I do think Vladar is starting material in the National Hockey League now, like right now. If uh, he were to be thrust into that role, I don't think he'd have a problem. But I, you know, this coach puts a lot of emphasis on past records when he decides his starters. And the record that Markstrom's had over the last handful of years against the St. Louis Blues is abysmal at best. Uh, he also has a really bad record the game after he gets pulled. Uh, and also this team just struggles in St. Louis in general over the last eight years. I think they've got one win. And all those things conspired to me to say, well, start Vladar in uh, game one of this two-game set here in St. Louis. But he didn't do it. And, and hey, we could all play that game all year long. But at the end of the day, you're going to be you're going to be wrong 65 to 70 percent of the time because Markstrom's going in 65 to 70 percent of the time with this coach at the helm. So, but he did express some frustration. The coach after the game, when was asked about one of the the two goals in the third period, and he referred to it as the friggin' rebound. <laughs> and uh, classic Daryl showed, showed tremendous restraint by saying friggin' and. Uh, it was an egregious rebound and it kickstarted their two goals in 28 seconds and ultimately cost them the game. And I'm not pinning that game on Markstrom and I'm certainly not pinning the winning goal on Markstrom. I, I pinned the game on, on Huberto, but I think Markstrom played a role 
both of those goals in the third period, I think Markstrom, you know, feels like he should have had them. So uh, not as punishment, but I just think as a fresh look, put Dan Vladar in tonight. Um, but I have no idea in terms of whether the coach will see it the same way. Uh, the franchise, Eric Francis, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Um, I know Frank Cervalli talked about it on our uh, radio station uh, that Oliver Shillington potentially could come back this season. I'm not going to get into the details and why he's in here, Eric, or whatever. I'm just going to ask you a simple question. If you were to put a bet down, does he play a game for the Calgary Flames this season? Yeah. Yeah, I had a I had a good chat with uh, Brad Trilling about that the other day, and and uh, he's not willing to, you know, I said, are you at the point where you're, you, you, you're just going to proceed? You assume you're not going to see Oliver Shillington. He said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not at that point at all. He is in regular contact with Oliver Shillington. And, uh, you know, I, I do believe that we will see him in the Calgary Flames uniform this season. Now, it'll be very interesting to see how that would play out. Like, I, I would assume you'd have to put him down in the minors for a couple weeks to get him conditioned and get him up to speed to some degree to pro hockey. Um, you don't just have him back. And then a week later you put him in the lineup. I mean, I, I know, I, I believe he's staying in shape. I, I, I can, I, you know, he's, he'll be, he's not going to come here and need a month and a half to get in shape. I'll put it to you that way. So uh, no, I, I do think that he will be back, but the Calgary flames still is as optimistic as the GM is the, the, the flames still have to prepare for life without him. And, uh, and it gets really dicey as we get closer to the trade deadline, because I know this GM keeps saying he wants to add it, you know, another scoring forward. Doesn't everybody. Uh, he said that from day one, I, I asked him, I said, in light of the fact that you guys can't keep pucks out of your net this year, which shocks a lot of people, would you change your wish list to a defenseman instead of that score? And he said, Nope, not at all. And, and again, I think that tells me again, I think in the back of his mind, he's hoping and thinking that Oliver Shillington will be here uh, because that sixth defenseman this year has been a, you know, I think Stone, you know, everybody loves Stone and I think he's been pretty good. But past that, I think what they've seen is they're they're a little concerned about seven, eight, nine. And uh, if you get into a playoff run, and I know I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but if you get into a playoff run, you're going to need seven, eight, nine defensemen uh, to get the job done. I wanted to ask you about Nikita Zadorov as well, one of the guys who's been on that blue line. I've been impressed. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of the personality of the guy, and I just think he's yeah. come such a long way and really given them a, another option as that fifth defenseman because some I, I would go as far to say sometimes the top four is a little bit inconsistent, didn't love the top pair in the last game, but he came through and had a pretty solid night himself, made a couple of big blocks. He, I, I, I like the way he's playing lately. When Backlund scored in the last game, a brilliant deflection in front of the net. Mm-hmm. The play, the play that made it all happen was Zadorov just buying an extra half second of time by dragging the forward over, using him as a screen. And as soon as he, Backlund scored the goal, he pointed right at Zadorov to say, "Like great play." Mm. So, I just did my, you know, for what it's worth, we've all done our little midway mark, you know, report cards. And <laughs> to me, he's the biggest surprise. Mm. Zadorov from camp he, the coach said he was the best defenseman in camp I wouldn't go as far as to say he's the best defenseman all year that's clearly Rasmus Anderson to me but uh I think that Zadorov has been the biggest surprise and and maybe that says a lot about where this team's at right now when the best surprise is your fifth defenseman and he's still just your fifth defenseman 
Um, you know, you'd like your big surprise to be a guy who's emerging like Mangiapane did the year before and had like 20 goals at this point in the season. So uh, I, I think Zadar's been great, but at the end of the day, he's still just a fifth defensive, and he's still prone to some egregious yeah. defensive errors. But that comes with just being a very um, – he, he's a risk taker, and I, I think the coach likes that and encourages that to a degree. And uh, I love watching him play. And man, if there were more defensemen like Zadorov, I think <laughs> the game would be more entertaining because he does bring personality on and off the ice. And because he's willing to take chances, it, it, it makes it more interesting to watch. Uh, we talked about this earlier on in the show, uh, Eric. Just looking at the Pacific Division, all of a sudden, don't look now, but I know they've played three more games, but the Kings and Golden Knights tied for first place. Calgary now a full nine points back of the Kings in this division. I don't really think the Kings are, quite frankly, that much better than the Flames. And if they played in a playoff series, I would lean Calgary to win that series. Are you really a believer in the LA Kings? That's an interesting one. I, I, Seattle, no, I still don't see it. But they keep hanging around and they keep winning. But uh, you're asking about the Kings. And yeah, it is surprising that they've had this recent surge to the top there with, with Vegas. I think we all see why Vegas is doing so well. Uh, especially since their goaltending was not as unstable as everyone expected it would be coming into the season. Yeah, the Kings are an interesting one for me. You know, they've got some guys like Kaliev. Um, they've got a, uh, you know, Arvidsson. These, they have guys, they have a lot of skill. And so I guess I'm not surprised. Daryl Sutter going into the season just kept saying that, you know, L.A. was it was was he didn't say that they were the team to beat, but he kept saying that they're like on a major upswing and they're continuing to get better. And my God, the addition of Kevin Fiala was so significant. You know, the Kings had trouble scoring goals over the last several years. And I wasn't really a huge Fiala guy. I thought maybe he was just a product of in Minnesota of Kaprizov or, but this guy's, this guy's a stud. This guy's a major, major superstar in this league. And I don't think I ever really saw him in that light. He is lighting it up in L.A. and making that offense go. Adrian Kempe is a real, you know, he's a 30, 35, 40 goal scorer in the NHL. And you put him alongside Fiala, who's a great playmaker, and and, and Kempe is going to be pushing 40 uh, goals annually alongside him. So I guess I, I'm saying I am a fan. Uh, I still am not sure their defense is as good as um, as the defense has been in, in L.A. for a lot of years, and the goaltending is abysmal. But they seem to have fixed that <laughs> with with – with Copley, it's yeah. just shocking to everybody. I and mean, nobody saw that coming. So as long as Copley continues to play well, yeah, I guess I am a believer in them, but it's hard to put a lot of faith in a guy like Phoenix Copley, uh, given, you know, given who he is, given given what his background is. I don't think anyone thought he would be succeeding. Nothing like a call to the AHL to find your starting goalie on a playoff team. Um, I wanted to ask you, just if, if you had magic wand, you don't have to worry about the asset price or making the salary cap work. Is there a certain player that you might have looked at and, and said, man, if the Flames can maybe target this guy ahead of the deadline, I think he would be the perfect fit. Whether it is maybe that defenseman to play with Nikita Zadorov, or is it a winger to help add a little bit of offense up front? Is there someone that you've kind of been looking at that might be available that you're saying this is the guy that I think would be a perfect fit if they can make it work. You know, because I loathe, you know, and I, and I know everybody else loves it, but I'm like one of the only guys, I can't stand rumors. I can't stand trade offers, you know, and when people say, well, what about, would you trade a second rounder and this guy for that guy? Like, I hate that stuff. It's just all such a mugs game to me. So that said, 
since you asked the question, I will just say this, and I don't know if this guy was on anybody's radar before, but having watched Chicago the other night, I thought I thought Max Domi was really, really good. And his numbers this year suggest that he's probably not been that good this year. He may have just had a really good game. But there is familiarity with the general manager and 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 Max Domi. Um, you know, he's got some grit to him. He doesn't have size, which goes against, you know, what this coach is always looking for. But he can add a little bit of scoring. He can add some grit. Like, he can add a little bit of everything. And I'm not trying to create a rumor or, or put him at the top of anyone's list. But since you asked for a specific name, I'll just throw that out and say, that wouldn't be the worst fit for me. Like, that that seems to me like it wouldn't cost that much. Mm-hmm. Surely he's on the blocks for Chicago. Uh, I, I don't think the expense would be that huge. And I think that that's a guy who could fit in. Other people have said, well, the guy's played for six teams in a short career. You know, there's a reason why. I'm like, well, all I'm saying is what I saw the other night, he was the best player on the ice by far. Mm. And by the way, that Reichel looked really good. They too. put That's on Robert a Reichel. show. Mm-hmm. Those two together were ridiculous. So maybe you get them in a package deal. I'm kidding because <laughs> Reichel's one of their best young prospects. So I'm not I'm not trying to cause stuff. I just I, I like the way Domi looked the other night, and I wouldn't have said that before the game. Uh, Eric, before I let you go, uh, what else are you staunchly against? Because you said you used to be staunchly against Christmas lights before December first. Or uh, what? What is, what is it now? Trade like, rumors. Like cl- trade rumors trade is rumors. another thing we learned about you. The, Put that on the list. And uh, here, here's another thing that drives me crazy. And maybe this is a little too inside baseball because I travel so much. But people who try to leave the airplane before it's their time, that I dare someone to try and do that when I'm sitting in front of them. Yeah. That is going to that is not going to go well for them. They're going to get a yeah. Samsonite to the, to the scrotum. Right. Like, I, I got to tell you, there's a way to deplane an airplane. And it's pretty simple to me. Like, the people in the front go first. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, oh, yeah. The people in the front go first. When they stand up and they're, like, at the back of the plane, it's like, it's not your turn. Look at their hands on their hips. They're tapping their toes. Right. Okay. Yep. And I'm an aisle seater. I only sit, if I have my choice, I only sit in the aisle. And when the plane finally comes to a, a, a stop, I never get up. I know that I've still got at least five minutes before they get their act together and 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 deep and I'm certainly never sitting near the front of the plane. Let me put it to that way. But I'm at the back, and I think, you know, and I will see the people in the middle seat and the people on the window next to me. They'll get up right away, like, okay, here we go, let's get up. And I'm like, no, I'm sitting here for another five minutes because when nobody's going anywhere, yeah. So everybody relax. And that guy who grabs his bag and thinks that he's going to go one row ahead of where he's supposed to go, that drives me nuts. I. <laughs> I'm completely with you. I had that experience on Tuesday night uh, coming back to Calgary. It's like, everybody, dial it back a little bit. You're not going anywhere. It took forever. Also had a guy, Eric, on the plane, a big delay. He was uh, he was puking before the plane even took off. Oh, no. And he delayed, like, he delayed our flight for 20 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and the pilot called a it a medical emergency. Like DeMar Hamlin had a medical emergency on the field in Cincinnati. This guy had a this long guy yakking of into a blue bag is not a medical emergency. <laughs> Sorry. I agree. Yeah. And maybe he had too uh, much to drink. Were, maybe he's super nervous. Whatever. That's not really a medical emergency. It's a medical issue, I would say. All right. Where are you on reclining the seat? Because I, I don't think there's anything more ignorant in the world than a oh, yeah. fully reclined seat. When the guy's like in airplane. your lap. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Or when, and, I, and I know it's an option. Yeah. I think some people just think, well, it's an, I'm allowed to do it. And, 
Uh, yeah, you are, but it's it's so yeah. ignorant. And, or uh, what about what about when they bring food on the plane? The guy beside me, I think he essentially just ate an onion sandwich, and I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> like, did you ask I for extra onion? Day. Yeah, I had the the other day. I watched a couple, and God bless them. I guess they're trying to save every penny, and they're going to Mexico, and I'm on this flight with them, and I look over, and they take out a uh, Rubbermaid little, you know, four boiled eggs. Oh, <laughs> flags everywhere. Four boiled eggs, and you're going to open that up in, in an airplane in a small, yeah. confined <laughs> space? In a germ tube? Come on. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's like the guy who takes off his shoes. I know my friend, uh, my friend, we were going, I don't know where we were going. I think it was Las Vegas, and uh, the guy sitting beside my one of my best friends took off his shoes, and he was not happy about it. And he had a sandwich that was on the floor beside him. So my buddy went up and got to the washroom, and he was so mad at this guy because he kept fighting over the one armrest. He stomped on his sandwich walking by. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. He Be was petty. Angry. I saw a guy. Yeah. That same flight I was coming back from Mexico, I saw a guy. I, I'm waiting for the lavatory. The guy comes out. He's, he's in bare feet. Oh, my God. Who walks, oh. who walks, who walks into a, a, a lavatory that's a lavatory of anywhere in the world with bare feet yeah but a tiny little confined space with no shoes on no socks bare feet like we could do a whole episode oh yeah you don't do on an airplane because i travel so much drives me crazy like my favorite is and i could spot them from a mile away when you're in the security line it's like people are like what you want me to take off my belt (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. that shocks people. Like, yeah, that that blows me away. You're like, okay, this will be good. Uh, this guy has clearly never traveled in his life. Yeah, he is stunned that they want his his belt off. And then when they ask for the shoes, he's like, well, that's absolutely ridiculous. And <laughs> yeah. I do think it's ridiculous. You have to take your shoes off, but that's the rules. Yep, I know. Uh, there's a stat that a third of Americans have never been on an airplane too, which is crazy. I was. That entire third was on my flight. The other okay, day. all right, it's amazing. <laughs> new, they were new to it. Uh, the franchise, Eric I Francis. You get a Sports rookie rate on that flight, or what? Yeah, and host. Yeah, it's just first yeah. timer discount. Yeah, medical emergency. A guy uh, baffing into a uh, blue bag. All right, Eric. Great stuff. Uh, we'll talk soon, boys. Thanks. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, there's Eric Francis uh, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Come in and enjoy hockey and football game day specials. At 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, pickup and delivery also available at Atlas Pizza. 403-248-3344. We're super late. we got to get to Ross Tucker. Big show. Oh, and, and we'll tell you about sports cars and a correlation between that and something to wrap up the show. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio to wrap up the show. There might be a correlation between wanting to own a sports car and something on your body. We'll do that to wrap up the show. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline from the Ross Tucker Podcast, the Ross Tucker Betting Podcast, CBS Sports, Westwood One, our man, Ross Tucker. Ross, good morning. How are you? Awesome. What's up with you guys? Uh, We're excited for Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't know about you, Ross, but I love the fact that they have that Monday night game roll into this now. Totally agree for a lot of different reasons. Um, number one, especially this year, I mean, this weekend, it seems like it's the best game. Yeah. But it just gives us – I, I kind of like the cadence. I like two on Saturday. Like, literally, I'll just tell you guys. So, I'm doing the Bills um, 
Dolphins game on Sunday at one. So I'm going to drive like halfway. It's like five hours away. I'm going to drive halfway Friday. Saturday morning, I'm going to get up. I'm going to ski my face off in Holiday Valley near Buffalo. Oh, okay. From like 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. All right. Maybe, maybe catch a nap and then tune in for the Seahawks and Niners. And then Saturday night, we got a good game. Sunday, I do my game, and then I'm driving home, and I'm listening the whole way home. And then Monday night, you know, I can just be home and watch Cowboys Bucks. It's awesome. And by the way, you know, at some point, because they have revenue goals, at some point, they're going to add an eighth team oh boy. Into, uh, into each conference in the playoffs. Yeah. And this year, that would have been fine. I mean, this year, that would have been the Steelers and the Lions. And yep. to be honest with you, I'd rather see the Steelers and the Lions. I wish they were in the playoffs over the Dolphins and Seahawks. Um, beautiful Ellicottville, New York, uh, Holiday Valley, Kissing Bridge. I've uh, been that area, Ross. It is lovely. Um, wanted to ask you, which team has more to prove this weekend, the Chargers or the Vikings? Um, that's a good question. I, I'd say Vikings. They went 13-4, and four, man. I mean... You kind of can't go 13 and four and then not even win a playoff game, you you know, and and people are very skeptical and they bring up the point differential thing, which I think is a little bit overstated. I mean, I, I get it. I I understand the point differential thing, but they they won 13 games. So that's the goal. I mean, who, in all sincerity, who cares how much you lose by, you know, like, I, I mean, a loss is a loss, whether it's one point or 40 points. So I don't get too caught up in their win differential thing, but I still think it's probably them because you could say the Chargers at least kind of, I guess, made the step of making the playoffs and, you know, they got to go on the road or whatever. But I think those are probably the two right teams to mention. I like that question. Everyone loves an underdog darling. Is there more of one than the Jacksonville Jaguars in this playoff? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I mean, if, if you don't, if none of your teams, like if, if you don't care about any teams that made the playoffs and you're just kind of rooting for somebody, I think the two teams people are most likely to root for are the Jaguars and the Bills. Mm. The Jaguars is because they kind of came out of nowhere and everything that happened last year with, Urban Meyer and that whole deal, which we all know. Uh, but I also think the Bills, with what they've had to go through, especially recently, they're kind of like that lovable team that, you know, everybody would kind of like to see them win the Super Bowl once. Everybody knows they're, they're good enough to do it. So I think the Bills are probably the other one. Can, can Skylar Thompson keep this thing close for Miami? Gosh, I hope so, man. I'm broadcasting the game. <laughs> You know, it's brutal. Blowouts are brutal when you're the guy that, um, when you're the guy that's, you know, calling the game. It's not like you can just flip the channel, you know? <laughs> like, right. I got no place to go. I'm like Richard Gere in that movie. I, I got to stay for the whole game. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Probably doubtful. Um, the, I will say this. The Bills defense didn't look great against Mac Jones. And the Patriots. So that can maybe give us some hope. And then 
the Dolphins' defense has been really good, really good as of late. So I think both of those, you know, we can uh, we can take some 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 solace in, some comfort in, and and hope and pray, but probably not. Uh, Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Podcast, Ross Tucker Betting Podcast, Westwood One, CBS Sports, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, it looks like Lamar Jackson's not playing for the Ravens uh, this weekend in Cincinnati against the Bengals. Has he played his last game as a Baltimore Raven? No, I highly doubt it. I think that at a minimum they would franchise tag him. Hmm. So... The only way he's done that is if they franchise tag him and he makes a big stink about it and then they end up trading him somewhere else. I don't think they want to give him a fully guaranteed deal. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't either. But there might be somebody else that would. So it's kind of like therein lies the rub, you know, mm-hmm. that on some level – um at some point, I don't blame Lamar if he wants what he wants and he wants a fully guaranteed deal, and that's the priority. And he sold Deshaun Watson, get one, and he's played better than Deshaun Watson. He's done more than Deshaun Watson, and he hasn't anything off the field. So I don't blame Lamar for wanting it, but I also don't blame the Ravens if they're like, dude, we, can't, we just can't do that. I mean, you've missed at least five games the last two years. Um, you know, we're just, that's not good business. And then at that point, maybe the Ravens, after they tag him, would trade him for a whole lot of money, for a whole lot of draft picks to somebody that, you know, maybe one of these terrible teams that's tired of being terrible like Cleveland Mm -hmm. is willing to give him a fully guaranteed deal. I mean, you know, if if Deshaun Watson's a top 10 quarterback, then that was a good contract by the Browns. Right, And if you think Lamar Jackson is going to be a top-ten quarterback for the next five years, then that would be a good contract. So those guys are worth it if, they're, if, they're, if they perform in their top ten. Um, Ross, I'm down this rabbit hole now with you because you actually played in the league. In, in hindsight, and we know hindsight's always 20-20, blah, blah, blah. But he should have held out, right, until he got his deal? Because like, now he's costed he, – this is costing him millions of dollars, this injury, Right. Maybe he should have been a holdout at the beginning of camp. Maybe he should have had representation outside of his mom to maybe direct him a little better here and how this whole thing was settled because I feel for Lamar Jackson in this spot because I always side with the players because they're the ones putting their, their bodies on the line here and the ones that we actually watch. Um, well, I would argue with you. I think he should have signed the contract that they offered him. Mm. It Which was, was north of two hundred million guaranteed, right? What's that? It was north of two hundred million guaranteed, right? It was one hundred thirty-three million guaranteed. Oh, okay. Well, fully guaranteed as soon as he signed it. But here's what I never understand, right? Like they can franchise tag him this year. Well, first of all, he played this year on his fifth-year option. Then they can franchise tag him this year, the next year, and franchise tag him the year after that if they want to. So they can go one year at a time, right? If he signed the deal they offered him, he gets essentially three years for sure, right? 133 million. So it's 50 million a year for five years. So 250 million, 50 million a year, and you're locking in no matter what 
$133 million. So the whole thing is, well, I want fully guaranteed the whole thing. Well, so what's the concern? Is the concern that after three years they can cut you? Well, if they cut you after three years, then you're a free agent, which is the whole thing you're trying to achieve in the first place. Like, I, I just – I would love to walk through it with him and honestly understand what he's thinking because that's the part I sure don't get. Like, they can go year to year with fifth-year option, franchise tag, franchise tag. Why not force them to pay you for three years? And then you're going to still get your $50 million a year the next two years after that, or – they're going to have to cut you, and then you're a free agent, which is even better. I mean, I just I don't understand the logic. Ross, I wanted to ask you about another quarterback that's not going to be in the postseason. We saw Derek Carr just moments ago tweet out a thank you to Raiders Nation as it sounds like he's going to be playing on a different team next season. Where could you see maybe being a landing spot for Derek Carr? Um, the first couple that come to mind for me are the Jets and the Colts. I can see either one of those. I'm kind of a Derek Carr guy. I mean, I I don't know. I thought he was a top 12 quarterback last year, maybe top 10. It's hard to get those guys. He's been very durable. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. He led them to the playoffs last year amongst all that stuff they had going on. I don't really know what happened this year. But I think he's pretty good, and I think he'll have some options, and I would strongly consider that because he's not even that old yet, you know. Um, and I think a team like the Colts should consider it. Do you think uh, the, the price would be exponential, but any chance that you get a package deal with the two former college teammates, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, because we know how much they wanted to play together, and they only got one season together. It went pretty well for them as a duo. Yeah, so I don't think um, I don't think Devontae Adams is going anywhere. Um, that, that would surprise me. I don't think the Raiders are going to do that. I don't, I'd have to look into the contract stuff, but that would that would really surprise me, uh, Ross. You said you're you're looking forward to most of the the Bucks and Cowboys on Monday night. Uh, speaking of this quarterback carousel, which seems like it's going to be super interesting in the off season, I asked you if Lamar Jackson's playing his last game in Baltimore. Potentially, is Tom Brady playing his last game in Tampa on Monday? I think that's actually likely. Yeah, I, hmm. I think he wants to go somewhere else. I think he's going to like. Try to parlay continuing to play into some type of like ownership of a team. I don't know how they do that with the valuations, like with the salary cap or something, but I think he's that's I think that's what he's trying to do. So I don't know, maybe Mark Davis does it with the Raiders because he just you know, he knows he kind of messed up with this McDaniels and it took a step back. I can totally see Raiders. I think Steven Ross maybe with the Dolphins. If because um, he loves Brady, if they're concerned about Tua and the concussions, but I think it's more likely than not that Brady plays next year, and I think it's more likely than not that it's for a team other than Tampa. Uh, saw on your Twitter account, Ross. Before I let you go, uh, cinnamon rolls uh, far superior to donuts. Can you explain to me the difference between a cinnamon roll and a cinnamon bun? Um. 
No, not really. What is the difference? I don't know. I was honestly, you're the food expert. I feel like cinnamon bun is Canadian and cinnamon roll is American. Is that what the difference is? That's a, a, a shot in the dark guess. Now, Ross, have you ever had no, a cinnamon? No, because there's like, there's like Cinnabon yeah. in the mall and they're like at airports, which is cinnamon buns. They're the same thing. I, I think maybe cinnamon buns are like rolled tighter. Like they're like, mm, okay. I, honestly, I think that they are. Yeah. Um, I think there's. Places where they only sell cinnamon buns, like Cinnabon. Yeah. But then cinnamon rolls are what they call them when you're like at a donut shop. Okay. And it's cream That's cheese icing. Cream cheese icing all the way, right? I do like cream cheese icing, although I will say I'm not a huge icing person. Mm. Like, I like a tasteful amount of icing. <laughs> I, I don't want, like, um, a ton of icing on it. They actually had them at the Raiders-Chiefs game Saturday, Mm. and they had some with icing and some without. And I actually preferred the without because the with had so much on it. I just need, like, a little bit of icing. I don't want the icing to overpower. Um, I don't want the icing to overpower the rest of the cinnamon roll. By the way, why are you guys – why are Canadians, like, Mm. So so known for donuts. What's the deal there? Um, because uh, the big donut franchise here, uh, Tim Hortons, is like yeah, it's I'm a Canadian. Yeah, it's a Canadian institution. Like it started here. It started in Hamilton, Ontario, which is right near Toronto. It's it's an institution here, and they used to bake all their donuts fresh. And it's just something people have grew up on donuts, and it all started. I think it stems from. The whole Tim Hortons thing. Yep. And and th- now they have Tim Hortons in America, especially you're headed to Western New York. They have a ton of Tim Hortons now in the Buffalo area. But Oh, it, yeah. Tim, oh, I played three years for the Bills, and there were Tim Hortons everywhere. That's what I mean. I never even heard of it until I lived up there. That's right. It all stems from the whole Tim Hortons connection, Ross. Got it. So Tim Hortons is why donuts are a big deal in, um, yeah. in Canada. Yeah. It's our Duncan. Yeah. It's our Dunkin' Donuts. Do you guys agree with me that cinnamon rolls are better than donuts? I would, I would, I would agree. Like I, I am a big fan of the cinnamon roll slash the cinnamon bun. Like there's a bajillion you know calories in a cinnamon bun, and I understand that, but they're so damn delicious. I would take a cinnamon roll or cinnamon bun over a donut. Yes, I agree with your take on that. And you know what? I might, I might take an apple fritter over all of them. Really? Whoa. Do you like it? A gr- love love does, me some apple fritter. Does it have to be a little greasy, too? No, I don't want what, No, I don't want it greasy. <laughs> okay. I don't want it greasy. I'm just saying, a touch on the greasy and side. And even that one, I don't want it overly crystallized, like with the glazing. Just like a, <laughs> okay. just like a moderate amount. Right. Like, if you're not sure, it's like what I always say about salad. If you're not sure how much dressing to put on, dial it back. Just go with what Panera would do. Panera knows the right amount of dressing on a salad, so that's how much icing or glaze you yes. should put on my fritter or my cinnamon roll. Ross, I Just love... In case you guys are ever preparing it. Yeah, no. Ross, I love every Thursday how much we learn about you. It's the best. I really well, enjoy I your just, talks. I kind of feel like it's my job to establish... Um, Rules. A culture. Yeah. Mm. In Calgary and just make sure people know the right way to go about living their lives. Yeah. 
So, look, I don't know how many lives I saved today in Calgary, but I saved a few, and I feel good about it. Yeah, even if it's one, you've done your you've done your deed for humanity for the day, and we appreciate that. Exactly. But that's like the rest of my day, I know that people in Calgary now know how much icing should be on their cinnamon roll and how much dressing should be on their salad. That's great. And – Listen, I also know, by the way, they should go to myfrontpagestory.com <laughs> to get the greatest Valentine's Day gift of all time. And next week, I'll come up with a special code for you guys. Love myfrontpagestory.com, where all of your wildest dreams come true. It's the cinnamon roll of Valentine's Day gifts. Myfrontpagestory.com. Uh, Ross Tucker, uh, legendary Ross Tucker podcast, uh, Ross Tucker betting podcast, CBS Sports He'll have the call on Westwood One, I believe, uh, on Sunday. Ross, terrific stuff. We'll talk to you next week. What do you mean you believe? Like, in case I don't make it? Well, no, I like, don't think I'll make it there. No, I, I just wanted to make sure it was Westwood One. I was just kind of assuming Oh, yeah, it was. yeah, yeah, Westwood One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just didn't I want it. you were like, like we're, like, we're hoping he makes it to the game <laughs> no, on Sunday. I'm not wishing some sort of grizzly <laughs> skiing accident. No, I'm not saying that. Jeez. I'm just making sure it was Westwood One. Yeah, you're right. Westwood One. Or you can also listen to it at myfrontpagestory.com. <laughs> There's Not a really, link? But go there anyway. <laughs> There's a link? <laughs> There's a listen here link? That's awesome. No, I totally made that up. All I'm right. just trying to get more people to go to myfrontpagestory.com. We absolutely will. And Valentine's Day, right now would be the perfect time, just a month out. And you can, you can sleep easy at night knowing that your Valentine's Day gift is purchased. Ross, terrific stuff. We'll talk to you next week, pal. See you, dude. Uh, Ross Tucker brought to you by the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Dine in, pick up, or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast or call 403-248-3344. What an absolute stud. What a Ross show. Tucker. <laughs> like, again, if, 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 some, if a sponsor's listening, I can totally Ross Tucker that stuff. Like, if they want to go, hey, you know, my, oh. be like, hey, I, you know what? This Flames <laughs> loss is really upsetting me from last night. You know what I would do? I go to myfrontpage.com to make me feel better, write a story about myself. That's <laughs> what I would do. I, every time I just, mm, chef's kiss, yeah. I just absolutely when, love it. When yeah. Ross slides that in, he's like the guy who hands uh, the, uh, the host or hostess at a restaurant money in the hand with the yeah. handshake. That's that move. <laughs> yeah. Like on radio. That's yeah. what that feels like. Yep. Oh, we're actually pretty booked, Mr. Tucker. Oh, are you? Are all you? of a sudden, there's a brownie in his hand, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden, he gets a booth by the window. There you go. Boom. No problem. But yeah, hey, I can um, sell some stuff. Uh, we've had a lot of fun on today's show, I think. I don't know. I've I've had some fun. We learned about uh, the uh, show me state. Yep. Yeah, it's like, you know, hurry up and show me your wallet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we learned about that. Stabby St. Louis, as he called it. Doing if you're it. in Stabby St. Louis, yeah. I don't think the players like that. Yeah. Frank Saravalli. Um, we heard on Brody on the Beat that uh, some Calgarians are fans of international actresses. We, we heard that as well. Out there. A lot of game footage out there. And uh, I, have to, I have to tell you about the study I saw on the old... All right, quick. On Twitter quick, here. Quick, quick, We got like a minute here. Well, we're going into our show anyway, yeah, I know. so I like, was like, it doesn't well, really matter. I, I, I've been we trained to we like work get out by on the time. clock. And... Yeah, I know. We should get out on time, but whatever. Um, apparently, uh, the connection between being poorly yep. endowed and loving sports cars, there is a connection. What's the connection, A recent Frank? study published in uh, Sci Archive entitled 
small peepees and fast cars. Evidence for a psychological link has been has picked up a lot of attention this week. In the experiment, Maddie, uh, the researchers manipulated what men believed about their own size relative to others. They gave them false information stating that the average size was much larger than in fact it is, reasoning that on average these males will feel that relatively and subjectively their own thing was smaller compared to those when they were told about the average size was actually smaller than true average. Uh, They found that males, and males over 30 in particular, Mm -hmm. rated sports cars as more desirable when they were made to feel that they had a small thingy. Um, I'm glad that they could prove it psychologically because that's what I was waiting for was the psychological link to actually be able to go down this route. So according to science, uh, if you're into fast cars, there is a chance. I'm not saying it's true that you're lacking down there. According to science. Yeah. You're going to have to find out for yourself. How am I? (laughs) Sorry. What, what does that mean? I don't know. Okay. I'm trying to get out. We got to go. (laughs) But yeah, if you like sports cars, chances are. Psychological link. Yep. Uh, Subconscious, man. It's powerful. uh, Big show. um, The best of the big show straight ahead. Which sounds like an oxymoron, but it is. It's straight ahead. (laughs) uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow. Gotta go. Bye. Bye.